Amen. Good morning, church. Uh, less, this week has been a week of prioritization. Priority, prioritization. Um, so many of us are running around, running around, running around, trying to make ends meet, trying to figure out life, trying to figure out work, trying to figure out family, uh, figure out stuff, uh, worrying about this, worrying about that, worrying about this, worrying about that. As if we're really in control anyway of all this stuff. But what does the Bible say about worrying? How does, how does the Bible apply to everyday life? Well, today I want to teach on Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, seeking God first, and this topic about worrying. But the truth is, if you're going to worry about something or anything, uh, then maybe we should be worrying about heaven and hell issues. Maybe it should be about where you're going to live for eternity more than where you're going to spend your next vacation. Maybe you should worry about the one who could affect your soul and your body in hell. We often worry about what we cannot change instead of what we can change. And if we can't change it, then the truth is, why are we worrying so much about it if we can't change it? But there's a real enemy out there, and we know that enemy's name. He goes by the name Satan. He goes by many different names. He's a liar. He's a thief. He tries to derail us. He wants you to worry. He wants you to uh, focus on him and not God. He wants you to focus on your problems and not your solutions. Um, he doesn't want you to focus on the one who's able to do miracles and healing and great things in your life. And some people are scared of the dark. Some people are scared of being alone. Some people are scared of their shadow or the shadows, scared of the future. And Socrates says the fear of the unknown is ignorance because maybe, maybe, the future is a better place. Maybe you'll be happier once the future comes or once you see what's coming your way. But, but fear the one and be afraid of the one who can affect and destroy your soul and body in hell. And those might want a reference of that. That's Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. And often fear and being scared is often stems from a lack of faith. In God. And the reason why I say often it's a lack of fear or a lack of faith, I should say, is because we have this like run flight mechanism built into us, designed in us, I would say, from God. When we see danger, we often want to run and we want to hide and we want to go to safety. We want to try to get away. And there's wisdom in that too. Um, we know, most of us know, most of us have felt pain in our life, so we understand pain, and so most of us don't want pain. Usually, you, if you're normal or regular, you don't really say, oh, I want pain. Lord, give me pain today. Uh, hurt me today. And make me feel pain. Um, if you feel that way, you really need to come see me, and we need to chat a little bit, all right? 
Um, most of us don't want pain in our life. We don't want danger. When we see danger, uh, wisdom comes and says, run, says hide. It says, get out of the way. But the faith part, understanding the faith part, is understanding who can change our future and understanding who is in charge of our future and who understands us best. There are many times when things in our life are just out of control. Now, you might think you're in control, but really your breath, your life, your being is ultimately not in your control. It's in God's control. Amen? So give your life to God. Lean on Him. Lean on His ways. Seek His ways. Seek His face. Rely on Him. Depend on Him. He's able, more than able. He cares for you. He loves you. So let's get into this passage this morning and see where it takes us. Would you please stand with me in honor of God's word? We'll be in Matthew chapter 6, verses 31 through 34. Matthew 6, 31 through 34. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Let's pray. Father God, help us to understand this scripture. Help us to seek you first and have confidence in you, O God. Help us not to worry, but trust you with our today. Trust you with our tomorrow and trust you with our future. Bless this word, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Smile as you are seated. Praise God. I guess it's good that I don't have the headset working so I can move the mic and cough because I don't know how to reach and mute myself fast enough. So the good thing we have a handheld. What are the things in your life that causes you to worry and have fear? Just think about that for a moment. What are the things in your life that cause you to worry? Death and taxes, lack of finances, sickness, war, outliving your money, children that have gone astray. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And you will have your own list of what it is for you. But fear often regulates our motivation. Fear affects what and how we behave Fear immobilizes us from a moving forward in faith. Fear often focuses our attention on our struggle, focuses our attention on our terror, focuses our, uh, our, our, our mind on our problems of life. But it does not focus your attention on God. It doesn't focus your attention on who he is and what he can do for us. Now, I don't believe that worrying and fear are the same thing. In fact, while I might have been focusing a little bit on fear for the moment, I think it starts with worrying. 
We, wor- we worry about what shall we eat. We worry about what shall we drink. We worry about what shall we wear. In verse 25, it says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you eat, what you drink, about your body, what you will wear. Is life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds in the air. Do, not, do they not sow or reap or store away in the barns and, get your heavenly, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them? Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Now, I, I love watching the birds, but I would not consider myself a bird watcher. But I do like watching birds now and then. Uh, it's not a hobby of mine. It's just so I might be walking and all of a sudden I see some birds making some noises and I'll check it out. It can be fun to do, especially if you go with people who know a thing or two about birds and are knowledgeable about the birds in your area. And we have gone hiking before and went with people who have done this. And uh, it could be fun. I wouldn't consider myself a bird watcher for hobby, though. For my Brooklyn boys out there, I don't watch birds as a regular thing. Just, just saying. Just saying, you know. But anyway, but it's, it's, it's interesting watching them. Uh, look for worms and look for insects and watch them building their nest and watching them uh, communicate. And then it's really hard for me not to think about this, this verse and be in awe and all of a sudden realize God cares for them. God cares for them. Matthew 10, verse 29. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from the will of your Father. How much more valuable are you? How much more valuable are we? Now there are times when these birds, they communicate. When there's a cat nearby or when there's danger nearby. And they start worrying. And they start having fear. And... When there's a cat close by, they make all types of noise, all types of sounds, and they start squeeching and squelching and and yelling and chirping, and they sound the alarm. I don't know about you, but if you ever heard blue jays sound the alarm, it's crazy. They're crazy birds. Blue jays are crazy birds. They go crazy. They're in my backyard, and I hear them, and then all of a sudden I'm like, Danger, danger, danger. We know what that sounds like now. And we know that's danger, danger, danger. And we start looking. There's a hawk or there's a cat. And they go absolutely nuts. And then I started thinking as I was preparing for this. When we start worrying, what kind of sounds do we give off? How do our sounds sound to God? When we worry, when we have fear, when we start chirping, danger, danger, danger. I wonder how our sounds make him feel. I wonder how our sounds make others feel. When we start worrying and fear and danger, 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 and 9-11, everything's coming apart. 
and great wars and everything's coming apart. Danger, danger, danger. Do we focus on the Lord Jesus Christ? Do we gravitate to him? Or do we just sound the alarm? Fear can be contagious. Fear can, we can get all caught up in our fear. We sound the alarm. And I say to you today, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, what alarm are you sounding? Are you sounding one of faith? Are you sounding one of fear? Verse 28. And why do you worry about your clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you something. Not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes them, the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow and then thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Why do you worry? Can worrying add a single hour to your life? And though this question is not answered in verse 27, I think we all answer that in our, in our mind and in our heart. No, it cannot. Worrying cannot. Worrying intrinsically cannot add one hour to your life. In fact, it could take an hour or more from your life. We worry and worry and worry and worry. And worry. And worry. It doesn't change anything. Except us. Except our faith. Except our composure. Worrying changes you. But not your circumstances. It changes you. You worry. And it changes you. You no longer have faith. Because you're worrying. You worry about all these things. And I get it. I get it. I do get it. I'm a parent. You can worry. I get it. It's really really easy to worry. Sometimes you just want to strap your children in the house and say you can't go out. Folks, that's illegal. (laughs) You can't do it. But I know you want to sometimes. I get it. Especially if you have a wayward child. You're like, no. But you know what? Sometimes they have to be brought down to the worst and so they can bring them up to the best. Right? Food, clothing, shelter. The Bible says the pagans run after that. Wow! I was like, what? The pagans run after that? Well, who are the pagans? I want to say those who don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. But when you look up this word, it says those who do not believe in God. Those who do not believe in the main world Religion. Those are the pagans. Pagans don't believe in God. Food, clothing, and shelter. That's what the pagans run after. Are we pagans? No. I'll answer that. No. We're not pagans. Therefore, we should not be running after food and clothing and shelter and running after these things and worrying and worrying. And yet, we do. We do. The world runs after these things. Society runs after these things. Our friends, our families, our circle of influence, they run after these things. And they say, don't you care? 
Don't you want this? Don't you want food and clothing and, and a wallet with money in it and a future? Sure, I love to eat. I love food. I didn't get this way by looking at food. I got this way by eating food. Whenever someone says, let's go eat, I'm like, sure, let's go eat. My wife looks at me. I, yeah, I mean, I'm eating again. I know, I got to go on a diet. I get it. I love to eat. But I'm a planner and a manager and by, by giftings and upbringing and the way I was taught. So sure, I focus on, on these things. I focus on this trade. I focus on planning. I focus on planning. I focus on oversight. I, this, is what, this is what I've been doing for 30 years. And that's not what we're talking about today. It's not about me. It's not about what I eat or my desires or my giftings. This is about the word of God, what God says. He doesn't want us to worry about these things. He doesn't want us to worry about these things like the world worries about these things. Does he want you to be a good steward, church? Does he, Vin? Yes, he does. That's my financial planner back there. I love that man. Of course he does. That's right, my boy. Planning. Preparing. This is wisdom. Being a good steward is wisdom. Right? Yes. So we're not talking about that. Worrying is more than planning, more than preparing for life and life's problems and life's issues. There's going to be problems. There's going to be persecution. There's going to be hard times. Don't be surprised by it. God told us that in the Bible. It's there. But God knows what you need before you even know what it needs. And he knows better than us. Amen? He knows our heart. He knows our heart's desire better than you. How about that? I don't know why I'm going to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. When I got married to my wife, you know, you got like 90% of me. And there was a reason why I said it. Now I'm married 21 years. She's up there in the high 90s now, but not 100%. And you might say as a husband, that's crazy. But here's, here's what it really means for those who are listening here and, and far off. I love my wife. Amen? But I don't even fully know myself 100%, so I can I give myself 100% to anything. I don't even know it. So there's that 2, 3, 5%. I, I don't know. I know sometimes I get up in the morning and I'm like, oh, eesh. and she has to look at me forever. But you know what? God knows us inside out. You got 100% of me, baby. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Let's, let's make that clear. Woohoo! 98. Anyway. <laughs> you know, as you get closer to an object, and it's, man, let's not even go there. There's some physics involved that you never really get there. It's just half and half and half. Anyway. God knows what we need more than we know. So who's better to watch your back? Who's better than God to watch your back, church? He knows the future. He knows the past. He knows what's coming down the line. So those plans, he prepares for us. He prepared us way back in time. 
If I was going to plan and I wanted to see what was happening down the road, how great would it be if I knew what that road was going to look like? He knows. God knows. He dresses the lilies. He cares for the sparrows. How much more will he care for you? Amen. Hallelujah. Get this this morning. He loves you. He cares for you. Get, it, get that in your core. We need to get this in our core. You are much more valuable than these. The solution to our problems is faith in God. Not fear of men. Not fear of the future. Not fear of your circumstances. Now in the past few weeks we've been focusing on prayer and miracles. And I believe this God is preparing this church for some great things coming down the pike for us. Amen. Be hungry for the things he wants for you. Be willing to change. Be willing to be transformed by his power. This is an exciting time to be at crossroads of assemblies of God. He wants to do great things through you. Not just through me. Yes, he wants to do great things through me. I have no doubt. I have no doubt that he has his hands on my family. No doubt. But this is not about one man. This is not about one family. This is about the church of God and what God wants to do through you. He loves you. He cares for you. He wants to increase our expanse. He wants to be able to trust you with finances. He wants to be able to trust you in leadership. He wants to be able to trust you at your job, at your home. With the children, are you being faithful steward? Are you following his ways? Or are you worrying about the past and worrying about today and worrying about the future? The Bible is filled with examples of people of faith who overcame their fear. The people who trusted the Lord were saved from their struggles and their situations and miracles and healings took place when they focused on God and God's promises and they were obedient. Obedience is so important. And while this message is not about obedience and focusing on on obedience, too many of us want blessings in spite of our disobedience. It doesn't work that way. Regardless of how much you are blessed, regardless of how much you're doing for the Lord, There's a greater fulfillment that he wants for you, a greater blessing. And it doesn't come when we live in sin. It doesn't come when we oppose his ways. It doesn't come when we live in disobedience. So let's dig deeper into this word today. And I want you to know this in your core. I want you to know this in your being. Know that God is in control. Know that he got your back. Know that the promises of God are true. And that he can set you free from worry. Know that in your core. If you're a student here today, know that he got your back when you go to school. You might not feel that way. You might not understand that. But he loves you. So I want to encourage you today to make prayer a priority in your life. And I'm going to encourage you to do four things while you pray. Four things. 
The number one thing in making prayer a priority in your life, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Verse 33. God is supposed to be at the center of everything that we do. At the center of everything that we do. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek him and pray in the little things as well as the big things. In your coming and in your going, right? Speak with him on a regular basis. Speak with him often when you wake up and when you go to sleep, when you're at work, when you're at play. Seek him first. Seek his ways first. But notice in the scripture here, there's an end. A-N-D. Because a lot of times my words sound the same. Not an end, but an and. In the sentence, and his righteousness. And his righteousness. So it's not just about the kingdom. Or thinking about what he wants from us. We know what he wants from us. The scripture says what he wants from us. He wants righteousness from us. He wants holiness from us. Right living from us. This means we ought to take action. So what does this word righteousness mean? Simply, I have here right living. According to whom? And we can start going down all the religious views that are out there. But my answer is according to God, Jehovah. The Bible says, be holy, for I am holy. Leviticus eleven forty four. 44, 1 Peter 1, uh, verse 1 through 16. The Bible says that the righteous will live by faith. They'll walk by faith. Romans chapter 1, verse 17. So as we seek his best for our lives, and we read scripture, and we study his words and his ways, we are to live, what church? Rightly. Can you say Rightly. Rightly. Live rightly. The second thing that makes prayer a priority in your life, pray in Jesus' name. John 14, verse 14. You may ask for anything in my name. I will do it. Hallelujah. There is power in the name of Jesus. There's no other name than the name of Jesus. There's no other name that can move the mountains in your life like Jesus can, like the name of Jesus. But it's to bring glory to the Father, not glory to yourself. John chapter 14, verse 13 says, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may be glorified to the Father. So we seek first the kingdom of God. We pray in Jesus' name. So all glory goes to the Father. And thirdly, when making prayer a priority in your life, ask according to his will. Ask according to his will. 1 John verse 5, uh, 1 John chapter 5 verse 14, actually starting at verse 13, I'll say this. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. 14. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything 
If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Verse 15, if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. And as we said last week, this is not an open checkbook. His promises here, in this case, is not for everyone. This is for the believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is for you who are here who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is for you who hold on to the promises of the Lord in your life. This is the confidence that we can have. We can know that we have eternal life. We can know that we are in Him and found in Him. And when you sway in your faith, you lack confidence. It leads to all types of worrying and fear. When you don't know who you are. But this says we can have confidence in approaching God. We can have confidence. We who believe and are saved and are set free from the bondages of sin on earth. We can approach God confidently. Knowing that we could ask according to his will. He hears us. He cares for us. He loves us. He got our back. He loves you. He got your back. And if he got your back, that means he wants the best for you. Don't settle for less. Settle for the best. Why do we keep giving in to sin? Why do we keep yielding into this? It's destruction. He wants your best. And he wants to give you the best. He wants to give you an abundant life to the glory of God. We can ask anything, anything, church according to his will, and he will hear those prayers and answer those prayers when we align ourselves with his will and his ways. And finally, we're making prayer a priority in your life. Pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Matthew 6, chapter 6, verse 10. Excuse me. We are instructed to pray, your kingdom come. You will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But let me jump back a few verses here. Let's jump back to verse 7. This is before the Lord's Prayer. Let's go back to verse 7 and read verse 7. And when you pray, listen up, church. Do not keep on babbling like the pagans, like those who don't believe in God. Don't just keep babbling, right? For they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. So this is how you should pray. Our Father, hallowed be in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, you will be be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so His will goes forward on earth as it is in heaven. So this week, church, as you look at your schedule and you forecast your summer and you look at the months ahead and... You stop planning. Do you plan God into your calendar? Are you putting God first in your plans? Are you prayerfully considering your plans and your next steps? Seek first his ways. Seek first the kingdom. Pray in Jesus' name. That name that has the power. Power to stop the enemy from advancing in your life. Power to resist the devil and the schemes that he wants to take over. 
Power to heal. Power to help. Power to lead you. Power to save you. Power to sanctify you. Power to move you to another level in your life. Hallelujah. Pray with confidence, church, and ask for thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven.